Hello everyone, I'm Pastor Rick Hawkins of Quest Church in Norman, Oklahoma. I want to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast is going to be informative, insightful, and inspirational for your life. Listen every week because we'll have a special word just for you. Man, what a privilege and honor it is to be in the house of God this morning. How many of you are glad to be in the house of God? And I know I am. You know, this is a, it's a privilege for us to come into God's house. And like Josh said, uh, I've known Pastor Rick a long time. The first time I preached at the church down at San Antonio. And uh, I've been in the ministry 24 years. And man, this has been years ago when I preached down there. And the first time I'm preaching and people started charging the platform. And I'm thinking, are the ushers going to get them? You know, whatever. But they were just so into it. They were so into the word, had such an honor for the word of God and the presence of God. It was just, it was phenomenal. It, it inspired me to take my respect and honor of God and his word to, to a new level. And I want to encourage you this morning. Josh, I might have to have that handheld if this thing keeps jumping in my mouth. Well, I was trying to get up my nose and now it's trying to get in my mouth. Hey, but before I get going this morning, I just want us to give... Pastor Rick's lovely bride, I just met her for the first time today. Would y'all give her a hand clap? I just think it is awesome. Uh, My my lovely bride, uh, Heather, she preached in Hamilton, Texas this morning. Uh, My daughter, Chloe, was down there competing. And uh, so she preached down there. And and we went down there yesterday morning. I helped her and everything. And then got up here last night. And we're here with you today. And so you see, uh, you know, your your pastor's bride and, and Pastor Rick, man, Pray for your, your pastors, because always remember there's more pressure on the tip of the spear than there is down the shaft, and so we honor in the ministry your, your leaders, honor, honor your leaders, pray for your leaders, bless your leaders. Um, our, one of our spiritual coverings, Dr. Jerry Savelle is our home church down in Crowley, Texas, I'll teach down there and stuff a lot when I'm in town, but I'm not in town very much. He says he's the worst attending member, and I'm thinking I'm chasing him there. Sometimes I feel like I have to have a name tag at our home church. Uh, but I've, I've pastored for nine years. I was a part of starting seven different churches, and then I've traveled the rest of the time, and I travel all over the world, all different types of churches. Um, one weekend, I'll be in a, a Baptist church, then a Methodist church, then a Pentecostal church, then a church of God, and just the list goes on and on. And so I've seen some very interesting stuff over the years of, of traveling. And, but one thing I have learned is that if we would learn from each other, we really would be the body of Christ. That everybody has their strengths. And when we draw upon each other's strengths, we walk in power and dominion and authority and to become who God's called and created us to be. Um, I want to remind you, we have a product table out in the lobby. Robert, uh, who travels with me all over the place, he, he'll be out there to help you. There's a few books that I've written. The magazines kind of just tell where we're at, where we're going, what we're doing. Those are free. I say you're going to read something on the toilet, so might as well be good material anyway, right? So you can, you can grab that as you, as you head out. There's other teaching uh, CDs and stuff. They're not singing CDs, um, you know, the, it's so funny. People say, oh, you got some music out there. I say, oh, no, no, no. You would not want it. I'm, you know, how many of you know uh, Pastor Gary Oliver? Yeah, I mean, what a blessing. I mean, that guy can get it on. That's not me. <laughs> uh, and so they're teaching CDs. There's flash drives. There's a few books and stuff that are written. There's different things. I do a lot of leadership teaching in the corporate world. 
few months ago, I was in the Dominican Republic with one of my mentors, John Maxwell, uh, and we were teaching leadership to the country's government for six days over there, morning and night. You know, I'd be in the Supreme Court in the morning, I'd be at Congress at night, I'd be in all different types of venues, and uh, I just considered a privilege and honor of what God is doing in us, through us. Uh, in the magazines, it, it shows where you can watch our TV shows and everything on Direct and Dish and Roku and Apple and all the different networks and stuff that we're on. Uh, we're reaching about 500 million people a week around the world right now through our different networks. Yeah, I give God praise and glory for that. And so I don't take our time here lightly. You know, I, I think of Pastor Rick trusting me with, with y'all. That this isn't a game to me. You know, years ago, my, my parents did a great job. They, they, you know, took me to church. They taught me good work ethic, uh, some key things. I need to move that away there. And, um, but I got mixed up with the wrong crowd. When I went to college and everything, uh, next thing you know, I had quit college I think it might just be best if I grab the handheld, if you don't mind. Somebody bring me, which, right here, this one. We'll, we'll try this again. Oh, there we are. Um, and so I'd went to college, and I got mixed up with the wrong crowd and everything, and then I had quit school, and... I was living with a girl outside of wedlock in El Paso, Texas, and if just if you don't know, that's not right. That's not God's best for our life, but it's where I was at at the time. And my parents said, "Trey, we love you, but we're not going to finance the lifestyle that you're living. But you're always welcome here at the house." And so, sure enough, I thought I was my own man and went on doing my own stuff. And I went home one weekend. And as I was leaving, my dad came running out the back doors, tears running down his face, and he says, Trey, the Lord showed me you're going to die if you don't get your life right. And I was like, yeah, right, Dad, you know, whatever. I just thought he was being a parent trying to pull one over on me and everything. So I went back to living the lifestyle that I was living. A couple weeks later, I'm leaving the rodeo in Austin, Texas, and the guy I was roping with in the passenger seat and the girl I was living with in the back seat, and it's the middle of the night, and I'm driving and when I wake up, I'm running 70 miles an hour down a four-lane highway where there's two going this way, two coming this way, but I'm running 70 in the median of the four-lane highway. And so when I woke up, I had a, horse, a trailer full of horses, and when I woke up, I tried to ease it back onto the highway when I saw I wasn't going to make it because up ahead of me there was the big concrete water culverts, and there was concrete slabs going up both sides of it, and so I pulled it back over in the middle, and I hit it perfectly with the truck, but the trailer hit it right on in the water culvert running 70 miles an hour. And so when I jumped with the truck and hit it with the, the culvert with the trailer, it just ripped the trailer apart from the truck. And if you've ever been in a wreck, you know how things go slow motion. And so we're spinning in this truck and things are flying inside of the truck. And, and I'm watching this trailer just flip end over end over end over end. And when we come to a standstill, we're in a pasture way across from the highway and I realize I'm not dead, and the people I'm with are not dead. The truck's just, a, just in a ball. I just take off running over towards the horses, and I can't get any of the doors or anything open. And, and by this time, people had pulled over. We'd called 911. We'd waiting for the jaws of life to cut one of the sides of the trailer open to get the horses out. But they're just going bonkers. I mean, they're pawing and kicking. And so I found one of the little windows open, and so I crawled down in there. And I never will forget this as long as I live. I'm... I'm in this trailer, and the horses are pawing and kicking. I'm trying to pet them down and calm them down and everything, and there's blood all over the inside of the trailer. 
and I remember my dad. And I knew that night that God had nothing to do with the wreck, but he had everything to do with sparing my life. And so, yeah, give God praise. And so I, I made a decision in that horse trailer. Thank God my parents had taken me to church enough that I knew how to call on the name of Jesus. And I simply asked Jesus to come into my heart, and I made a decision. I didn't want to play church. I didn't want to be religious. I, didn't want to, I wanted to know the presence of God. And so I just, I just started going after God. That, that day I made that decision. And so from that point, and, and the horses were okay. One of them you couldn't compete on anymore because it had stripped his, the hide down to the bone and air exposed the bone. You couldn't ride the horse anymore. The other two, it took several months for them to get recovered, but they didn't die. They were okay. But I made a decision that I was going to put God first. And the reason I tell you that story is because this is not a game to me. I, I didn't think one day, I thought, you know, I, I, think, I think I'd like to be a preacher. No, I made a decision on the inside of that horse trailer that I wanted to know God, not, not be religious, not just be a churchgoer. See, it's not churchgoers that get results. It's the doers of God's word that gets results, right? And when we come into God's house like this, the thermostat is always set on grow. There's the right amount of the presence of God. There's the right amount of the word that comes forth. And when you and I come in here with an open heart and an open mind, the presence of God ignites the real you and I, and the real us starts coming alive when we are in the house that we're supposed to be in. You know, you know in Psalms chapter 1 where it says, Blessed is the person that is planted. Planted, not, not potted. Have you ever realized that? Planted. Because see, when a, when a plant is potted, it can only grow so high. And when we come into the house of God and we're sitting in our little pots, and our pot is our perception, this is what Aunt Boo Boo and Uncle Ding Dong taught me. This is what my mom and dad, this is what my religion growing up taught me. And I'm sitting here listening to Pastor, and if you tell me something that agrees with Aunt Boo Boo and Uncle Ding Dong, I'm going to be okay. But if you say something that contradicts what they've taught me, then we're going to have a problem and I'm going to stay in my pot. And I come to church for 20 years and I've never got out of the pot and I've never grown to who God's called and created me to be. But every time you come through those doors, the Holy Spirit is handing you a hammer and he's saying, smash your pot. He's saying, get off the pot. If you're smoking pot, he's saying, quit the pot. Whatever it is, be done with the pot. And get planted. When you get into the house of God, you make a decision. I'm going to be planted in the house of God. I'm going to be planted in the teachings of God's word. I'm going to be planted. When I come into this house, I'm not kidding. I'm expecting to hear the voice of God. And I'm going to be a doer of what God is telling me today. Not just a, a bumper sticker haver. Not a Bible toter. And, you know, because we come in with our little Christian face on. How you doing? Oh, blessed and highly favored. And, you know, all that kind. No, no, no. It's the doers. The doers of God's word that get results. Amen. And I know we only got so much time. I could sit here and visit with you for hours. But I want to share what has been on the heart of God as I travel around the country. And I keep hearing the spirit of God say, continual restoration is my heart for my people. Continual restoration is ours. Say it, continual restoration is mine. Continual restoration 
is mine. Now the word continual means frequently recurring. It means always happening. No interruptions. Restoration means if this Bible were to fall from here and land here and I were to pick it back up, I would bring it back to the original. But when God gets involved with our life and he begins to restore our life, he always improves it, multiplies it, makes it better. God's definition of restoration is different than our definition of restoration. When we come into the family of God, we're not only brought back to the place of relationship to become who we're originally created to be. When God gets involved, he always multiplies it, increases it, improves it, and makes it better. So when God is saying, continual restoration is my heart for your life, he's saying, I'm wanting you to be brought back to who you're originally created to be, and when I get involved, I'm going to multiply it, I'm going to improve it, I'm going to make it better, all for the glory of God. And this isn't just a spurt here and a spurt there. This is always happening, frequently recurring, no interruptions, no interruptions. No devil can interrupt your destiny. No religious person can interrupt your destiny. Always happening. When you're just breathing in and out as you're sleeping, continual restoration is taking place in your physical bodies somebody's nerves are being ignited right now there's been an area of your body that nerves have been dead and the power of God is igniting your nervous system right now specifically in feet if you had nerve damage in your feet you begin to wiggle your toes because I'm telling you the anointing of God is ministering to that area of your body why because continual restoration is ours say it it's mine I want to read a few scriptures here to you. You can write these down or you can look up at the monitor. And the reason I'm reading this is because we've got to settle it, that this is God's will for my life. Continual restoration is God's will for my life. Psalms 23 verse 3 says, He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He restores my mind, will, and emotions. Psalms 51, 12. This is the psalmist David, and he says, Restore to me the joy of my salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Remember how excited you were when you knew you weren't going to hell, but you were going to heaven? Do you remember how excited you were when you realized that you were cleansed by the blood of Jesus and God had separated your sin as far as the east is from the west? Do you remember how much joy you had when you could walk in deliverance? You might have been spent your whole life addicted to this and addicted to that, but now you are set free. Do you remember how excited you were? When you knew that your past was behind you and everything that God has was in front of you. And the psalmist David is saying, God, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Jeremiah 30, verse 17. For I will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds, says the Lord. Job 42, 10. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job and restored his fortunes when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Zechariah 9.12, it says, Return to the stronghold of security and prosperity, you prisoners of hope. Even today do I declare that I will restore double your former prosperity to you. Proverbs 6.30 and 31, People do not despise the thief if he steals to satisfy himself when he's starving. Yet when he is found, he must restore sevenfold. He may have to give up all the substance of his house. Deuteronomy 30 verse 20 and 20, I'm just stay with me here. 
and shall return the Lord your God and obey his voice according to all that I commanded you today, you and your children, with all your mind and heart, with all your being. And the Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have compassion upon you. The reason I read those scriptures is to sow the seed of God's word because God's word is a carrier of God's DNA. God's word is a carrier of God's substance, of who he is, of his heartbeat. I have the eyes I have and the, the hair, the no hair that I have because of my DNA. And when you and I receive the engrafted word of God, it releases the character and nature of God on the inside of us. We're made in the image and likeness of God, and we are created to win. We are created to overcome. We are created to conquer. We are created to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. And God is saying, continual restoration is my heart for my people. Say it, continual restoration is mine. Continual, frequently recurring, always happening, no interruptions. Restoration, bringing me back to originally who I was created to be, but multiplying, increasing, and making my life better. Psalm, Isaiah 42, verse 9. It says, Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I will tell you of them. Former things have come to pass. Can anybody in this room change what happened yesterday? We can't change what's happened in the past five years, ten years, twenty years, thirty years, fifty years. He says they've come to pass, but what happens a lot of times is we want to forget our past. And there's some areas that, bless God, we do need to forget. But don't forget the successes you've had. Don't forget of taking the seeds of success that you had in your past and planting it in your present to produce a different harvest in your future. Make your past pay for your future. And he's saying, okay, you've got to realize that, okay, we can't change the past. Yesterday ended 12 o'clock last night. The door was slammed shut. He says, but take those seeds. See, there were times that I learned how to worship and I learned how to pray and I learned how to give and I learned how to work and I learned how to dig and I learned how to go after God that I wouldn't have learned if things would have been just nice and rosy. But I'm going to take the seeds of success from my past and plant them today because, see, our belief will always drive our behavior. If I believe that God's Word is true, I'm going to act like God's Word is true. If I believe that when I open my mouth and I say, Thank you! that he steals the avenger, I'm going to act like I'm a worshiper. I'm going to act like I'm a praiser. I'm going to act like I'm going somewhere to make a difference, all for the glory of God. If I believe that continual, frequently recurring, always happening, no interruptions is taking place in my physical body right now, I'm going to begin to think different. I'm going to believe different. I'm going to talk different. I'm going to act different. I'm going to walk different. Why? Because he says, I'm declaring something new. What's the new thing that he's declaring? Continual restoration is mine. You keep reading in your own time Isaiah 42 and the prophet Isaiah is saying, he says, I'm looking for somebody who will see what I'm seeing. And I'm looking for somebody who will hear what I'm saying. And then I'm looking for somebody who has the guts to open their mouth and say what I'm saying. And verse 22 says, and I'm looking for somebody who will say, restore. He says, the people have been in bondages, the people have been plundered, the people have been bound. But I'm looking for somebody to say, restore. Say, restore. restore. Remember, continual restoration is mine. And God is saying, this is on my heart. 
But I need somebody who will say what I'm saying, who will see what I'm seeing, who will hear what I'm saying and have guts enough to speak to that limb that's not working, speak to that relationship that's not working, speak to your financial situation that's not working and open up your mouth and say you begin to be continually restored right now. Always happening, no interruptions, frequently recurring, bringing me back to who I was originally created to be, making my life better, improving my life and multiplying my life. You know why you desire more when you get quiet in the presence of God? Because there is more. There's more than just coming to church. There's more than having a big fat Bible. There's more than just saying, bless the Lord. No, no, there is more. Why do you desire more? Because there is more. There's more courage. There's more power. There's more authority. There's more dominion. There's more of God's goodness. There is more. Say it, more. And God is saying, I'm wanting to continually restore your life. So we've got to settle, what is God saying that continual restoration is mine? Say it, continual restoration is mine. So realize that God always declares something before he does it. He said, a new thing I now declare, and that's continual restoration. John chapter 16, verse 13 He says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide me into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. So what is he hearing? Continual restoration. What is he saying? Continual restoration is ours frequently happening, always occurring, no interruptions, making our life better, improving it, multiplying it, increasing, all for the glory of God. Luke chapter 5 I'm going to turn over here my Bible and I'm going to go ahead and read. I don't know, I, don't, I didn't send all these scriptures to you, but I want to read because this is very significant. Luke chapter 5, say it, continual restoration is mine. Luke chapter 5 verse 17 is where we'll start. And it says, now it happened on a certain day. I want you to picture what he's saying here. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, Norman, Moore, Oklahoma City. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The power of the Lord was present to bring to pass what was on the heart of the Father. Verse 18, then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in, because of the crowd, say it, because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling in the midst before Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven. When he saw their faith, now I want you to picture what's saying. The presence of the Lord was present to every single one of them. But did all of them receive their healing? The answer is no. Just like it's God's will for every single one of us to be saved. But does every person receive eternal salvation through Jesus Christ? And the answer is no. Well, the power of the Lord was present to heal every single one of them, but they sat there and they listened, but they had no action. They sat there and they listened, and they they sat there in their pots. 
But then there was this group that come in, and because it was so packed, they weren't playing church. They knew that the thermostat was set on grow. They knew that the Holy Spirit had handed them a hammer, and they smashed their pot, and they realized they couldn't get in the presence of Jesus because of the crowd. How many times does our crowd hold us back from walking in all that God's called us to be? How many times do we worship the way we worship because that's what Aunt Boo Boo and Uncle Ding Dong taught us? How many times do we give just to tip God? How many times do we come to church on the way to lunch because of the crowd we think the way we think because of the crowd we believe what we believe because of our crowd we talk the way we talk because of our crowd we live the way we live because of our crowd but they did not let the crowd hold them back they got up on the roof and they lowered him down and Jesus said he saw their faith am I willing to get out of my crowd I was at the airport not too long ago, and I'm on the phone here, and I'm kind of caught up in my conversation. And I'm waiting at the baggage claim, and, and all of a sudden, the people that I'm, you know, around there, they move over to this carousel, and I'm still on the phone, and I'm sitting here again. Then they come on. I hear an announcement, you know, out of this ear, and okay, and then the crowd moves, and so I come over here to this carousel again, and, and I get off the phone, and I realize this isn't even my crowd. <laughs> but I was doing what they did. And how many times do I do what I do because of the crowd? And it said that because of the crowd, they couldn't get in, so they got on top of the roof and they lowered them in. And I'll, I'll skip down. Verse 25, verse 24. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house, and immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they were glorified. They glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. God is saying, I'm wanting you to walk in continual restoration, but you've got to be willing to get out of the crowd. You've got to be willing to think beyond the crowd, talk beyond the crowd, believe beyond the crowd. What am I willing to do? Can I look at my life and truly know that God sees my faith because my belief will drive my behavior? And if I believe that some way, somehow, if I get in the presence of God, there is my answer. Somehow, some way, God wants continual restoration to be in my life. Then I'm going to be willing to get out of the crowd. I'm going to be willing to praise like nobody else praises. I'm going to be willing to pray like nobody else prays. I'm going to be willing to worship like nobody else worships because I'm not looking for the crowd's approval. I'm looking for the approval of one. And it says that they looked at each other and they said, we have seen strange things today. When I read that, it just reminds me. I was, last church I pastor was in Midland, Texas, and I'd left the office and I was going home and my two kids, they were, they were little at the time, and they're in the truck, and I'm driving to the house and everything, and I pass by this one guy. He's on his tractor, and he's carrying this big round bell on the front of his tractor, and he waves, and I wave, and I go to the house, and I'm gone for a good while and everything, and I get back in the truck, and I'm headed back to the church, and, and when, I, when I pass by, this guy's just, he's flaring his arm like this, and he's just exhausted, and, and so, I, man, I, I turn back around, and I put the truck in park, and I go over the other side, and Earlier that morning, I was just studying in Mark chapter 1 where the leper, he reached out. He said, Jesus, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus told him, I am I'm willing. And on the inside, the Lord says, Trey, I'm more willing than people give me credit for. 
And so I've just been meditating on the willingness of God. I, I'm willing. I'm willing to forgive your sins. I'm willing to heal your body. I'm willing to restore your life. I'm willing. 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 How many of you know God is willing to show up in your life? God is willing to touch your eyes. God is willing to touch your lungs. There's individuals here that you've had issues with your lungs. Hard Hardness of breath has been very difficult for you to breathe. I want you to take a deep breath right now. Continual restoration is taking place inside your lungs right now. Right now. Right now. Take another deep breath. If that's been you, I want to see your hand. I want to see your hand. If that's been you here, how is it? How is it? Thumbs up? Thumbs up. Glory to God. Who else? Who else? Right back here, how is it? You take a deep breath. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs sideways. How is it? Thumbs up. Glory to God. Come on, church. You can praise better than that. I know you're pastor. And so I've been meditating on I'm willing, I'm willing, I'm willing. And so I go back over. I said, man, what's going on? He said, man, I dropped the round bell on top of one of the roping steers. And, and man, he's, he's, he, I, I killed him. And he'd been trying to lift the round bell by himself. And he couldn't get it lifted off the steer. And so I'd been meditating. I'm willing, I'm willing, I'm willing, I'm willing. And so we, we pushed the round bell off of the steer. And that steer's tongue was hanging out of his mouth like this. And his eyes rolled back in his head. And I'd been mad, I'm willing, I'm willing. And I just looked at him and I just stepped right on. I said, in Jesus' name you live. And he sucked his tongue back in. His eyes come back and the steer gets up like this. He gets up and he walks off. And I look at this guy and says, is there anything else you need help with? <laughs> he goes, no, 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 I'm good. <laughs> See, he had seen strange things that day. But the cool thing is I got to lead that guy to Jesus just a couple of months later. See, there's always a purpose for continual restoration. So, so what is God wanting us to know? That continual restoration is ours. Frequently recurring. Always happening. No interruption. Bringing me back to as originally created to be and multiplying, improving, increasing my life and making my life better. Hebrews 8, 6 says, we have a better covenant built upon better promises. And God is saying continual restoration is going to make you better. There's an individual here that you've been having severe headaches. As you, it, they just come, but they are very intense. It's not like, oh, can I have a Tylenol? I mean, these are bedridden headaches. And I'm telling you, the healing power of God is ministering to your blood flow right now, to your brain. Your blood vessels are being opened up because the continual restoring power of God is in this house right now. Continual restoration is mine. Say it, continual restoration is mine. There's individuals in here that you've had severe issues with your, your digestive system, like in your stomach area like this. It's beyond influx, reflux, whatever flux it is. It's beyond that. And I'm telling you, put your hand on your stomach right now if that's you. I know I'm talking to several. I see several hands going right there. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, stomach you, listen to me. I command you to line up in the name that is above every name. And I release the anointing of God for continual restoration. And Father, I'm asking you to restore whatever needs to be restored. I'm asking you to recreate whatever needs to be recreated. In the name of Jesus, continual restoration is mine. Say it, continual restoration is mine. Frequently recurring, always happening, no interruptions, making my life better and proving it multiplying it when God is truly involved in our life things will get better it doesn't mean we won't have battles you better don't kid yourself but we are created to win we are created to win 
And you've got to ask yourself, am I an amateur or am I a professional? I didn't know I was going this way, but apparently somebody needs to hear this. See, in, 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 in Ephesians chapter 6, when he's talking about we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, this world, wickedness, and heavenly... The word wrestle comes from a word, palea, which it described an auditorium that was designed for boxers and wrestlers and pancreatus. And these boxers weren't just like, okay, you see on ESPN. No, they had spikes sticking out of their gloves, and they had shredded metal in their gloves. And when they hit the, the old statues, they would see nose removed and ears removed because boxing, there were no rules. And, and the wrestlers was the same way. They would grab them, and they would break their backs, and they would gouge their eye out. They'd pull the tongue out of their head. I mean, this was very intense. And pancreatus, they were not some pan Anyways, go to the gym and let's do a couple of stretches and okay, we'll do some yoga. And no, no, they, they were no rules. I mean, they train like champions, but this is the picture that Paul paints for Christians like you and I. He says, because see, the amateurs would come to the training house, the house of struggle, the house of training, which is the house of God. And they would look on the list who's fighting today. They would look on the list who's training today. But a professional doesn't care who's on the list. They, they make a decision. I'm going to show up today and I'm going to think when. I'm going to believe when. I'm going to talk when. I'm going to worship like a winner. I'm going to praise like a winner. I'm going to do everything it takes to become everything I'm called to be. All for the glory of God. And if God says continual restoration is mine, I'm going to get up on top of the roof. I'm going to press through the crowd. I'm going to do whatever it takes to walk in everything Jesus died to give me. All for the glory of God. Say it, continual restoration is mine. Continual restoration is mine. But see, it takes a decision that this is mine. Look at Job 22, verse 28. Say, I'm glad I came today. Job 22, verse 28, it says, You shall also decide and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you. And the light of God's favor shall shine upon your way. See, think about the word decide, decision. Okay, when I was born, my toes, they touched my heels on both of my feet. I was never supposed to run, wear boots. And they'd go in and break all the bones in my feet. And they would restructure my bones and everything. And so on my feet, I have a lot of incision where it comes from the outside in. But decision comes from the inside out. And Job is saying, when you make a decision, decision is nobody can take it away from you. Decision is such a quality decision, nobody can talk you out of your salvation. If they were to tell you you're not going to heaven, you would fight them if that's what it took to convince them nobody is still in my salvation. Why? Because you made a decision. And Job says, okay, the person who decides that continual restoration is mine and decrees continual restoration is mine, it will be established unto them. Continual restoration is ours financially. Continual restoration is ours relationally. Continual restoration. There are individuals here that you've had kids, you've prayed for them, you sowed the seed in them, but they've gone off doing their own thing. And I'm here to declare to you that continual restoration is yours. The Word of God that's on the inside of them, it will not return void. When they're sitting there asleep and they're breathing, the Spirit of God is ministering to every organ and cell and tissue of their body. There's somebody here, you've been having severe pain that goes right down your face just like that. Who is that? Just let me see your hand. Who is that individual? Place your hand right there. Place your hand right there. 
In the name of Jesus, I release the anointing of God to bring continual restoration to that jawline, to the muscles. In Jesus' name. I command you to relax. I command you to be in place. Whatever is out of a line, you come into alignment. Because continual restoration is mine. Say it, continual restoration is mine. Acts chapter 3 verse 19. Very important scripture right here through 21 in the Amplified. It says, so repent, change your mind and purpose. Turn around and return to God that your sins may be erased, blotted out, wiped clean. That times of refreshing, of recovering from the effects of heat, of reviving with fresh air may come from the presence of the Lord. That he may send to you the Christ, the Messiah, who before was designated and appointed for you, even Jesus, listen to this, whom heaven must receive and retain until the time for complete restoration of all that God spoke by the mouth of all his holy prophets for from ages past, from the most ancient time in the memory of men. What is he saying? He's saying that Jesus is being withheld until complete restoration takes place. So when I say what's on the heart of God, continual restoration is ours. This isn't some title that I wrote down. I wrote down ten titles and I tore them all up and stuck them in a bowl and picked it out and thought, I think this would be good to preach. No, remember the prophet Isaiah says, I'm looking for somebody because he is talking about his messengers. He says, yeah, you act like you're seeing, but you're really not seeing. You act like you're hearing, but you're really not hearing. You're going through the motions, but you're really not saying what I'm saying. I'm looking for somebody who will see what I'm seeing, hear what I'm saying, and open their mouth and say what I'm saying. And God is saying, continual restoration is ours. Say it, continual restoration is mine. There's an individual here, you've been having severe issues from your esophagus. It runs all the way down your esophagus, all the way into your stomach. And you've had a difficult time swallowing for years now. Who is that? Right here, right here. Place your hand upon your esophagus. Say it, continual restoration is mine. Now you listen to me, esophagus. I command you to submit to the name that is above every name, the creator of heaven and earth. And I release the anointing of God into their esophagus, all the way down into their stomach, and I command it to be restored and made whole and made complete in the name of Jesus. Now keep your hand there. Continual restoration is ours. There's an individual here that you've had spots on your tongues. Like it's, it's like a, a tongue cancer, like a, 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 a disease on your tongue. Head about eyes closed. I don't want to embarrass anybody. Who, who is that? Who am I talking to? You have, you've had a doctor's report. It's been confirmed. There's been issues with your tongue. Somebody watching? I want you just to place your, I want you to place your hand. Right here on your mouth. Now, Father, I'm asking you to restore. I'm asking you to do a recreative miracle. And I curse those cancerous cells right now in the name of Jesus. And I command the spots to dissipate. I command the cancerous cells to dissipate. And I command the spirit of infirmity. I've let you know you've lost your assignment against that person's mouth. 
against their tongue. The tongue is the, is the pen of a ready writer. The tongue, the power of life and death is in the tongue. That they have a new tongue being recreated, new tissue being recreated to declare the goodness of God in the land of the living. In Jesus' name. Say it, church. Continual restoration is mine. Now listen to see, see where he says, okay, so if we believe that Jesus is coming is near, then continual restoration is nearer. Continual restoration, frequently recurring, always happening, no interruptions, making my life better, improving it, increasing, all for the glory of God. Now remember, the only way this takes place is not just because I go to church, not because of my bumper sticker, not because of my Bible, not because Pastor Rick is my pastor. It's because I'm willing to get on the roof if that's what it takes. I'm willing to open my mouth and declare continual restoration is mine. You hear me? My marriage is continually restored. My finances are continually restored. There's back muscles that are being healed right now. Continually restored. You've dealt with back symptoms, issues in your back, in your disc. Put your hand right back there on your back right now. Issues, back issues. There's all hands all over the place. You listen to me back. You listen to me, vertebrae, I command you to have the right amount of spacing in the name of Jesus. Disc, I command you to be full, accurate, and the right size. And I command the pain to leave that back right now in the name of Jesus. Nerves, you line up. Muscles, you be strong. Blood flow freely and accurately into those areas of pain in the mighty name of Jesus. Because continual restoration is ours. Say it. Continual restoration is ours. I just want you to move your back. I want you just to move around. Just move a little bit how you haven't been able to move. And if your back is different right now, I want you, I want you to give me a thumbs up. Give me a thumbs up right here, right here. Give me the right here, right back here, right up there. Thank you, Lord. Come on, church. Give him praise. Continual restoration is mine. Now listen to this in verse 19. He says, so repent. Change your mind and purpose. Johnson paraphrased. Quit playing church. Now, we look at repentance a lot of times as we just suck our thumb and pull our ear and we snot and cry. And if you got to do that, I mean, get it on, whatever it takes. But I want you to think about what the word repent means. It means to change our mind and heart, change our purpose, to turn around. But re, the prefix re in front of any word means to bring it back to the original. So when God sent Jesus, he redeemed you and I. Deem means to purchase. He purchased you to bring you back to who you originally created to be. And so when you accepted the redemption, you were recreated. You're created in the image and likeness of God. Re, now you're brought back to be who you originally created to be. He says, now that you're redeemed and you're recreated, he says, now renew your mind. Take your mind and bring your mind back to think the way it was originally created to think. You know your mind is not created to think on defeat. It is not created to think on lack. It is not created to think on poverty. But he says when you bring your mind back to this place it was originally designed to think, you're going to begin to think like a saved person. You're going to begin to think like a healed person. You're going to begin to think like the victorious warrior you are. You're going to begin to think different. Your mind will be restored. So when he says repent, pent comes from the same word penthouse. There is a lot of room for you in the presence of God. He says when you miss it, Get back into the presence of God so you can keep being who you're called and created to be. So when he says repent, change your mind and purpose, turn around and return to God, that your sins may be erased, blotted out, wiped clean, that times of refreshing. Not one time. 
times. When you're a born-again child of God, it isn't just restoration one time, not restoration here, restoration there, restoration every 20, 30, 50 years. Continual restoration means frequently recurring, always happening, no interruptions. I'm getting involved in your life, and I'm improving it. I'm making it better. I'm increasing it all for my glory. He says times of refreshing. Refreshing means recovery of breath. In the presence of God, there's a recovery of breath. It means revival. It means restore. Say it, restore. In the presence of God is where I start getting restored on the inside to walk in restoration on the outside. If I never see myself restored in here, I'll never maintain it out here because we're designed to go where we see in here, not to be moved by what we see out here. But how many times do we let what we see out here talk us out of what we see in here? And so God is saying, I need you to see yourself restored. I need you to see yourself frequently happening, always happening. No interruptions. God is working 24-7 in my life. He said, times in the presence of God, there's a recovery of breath. He goes on to say, recovering. Recovering means to regain. It means to retake or obtain possession of what was taken or stolen. Once again, this takes place on the inside. Revive means to restore to life, regain life or strength or new energy. He says this all comes from the presence of the Lord. It comes from the recovery, for the recovery, from the heat. Maybe you felt heat in your family. Maybe you felt heat in your physical body from the attacks of the enemy. Maybe you've felt heat financially. He says, when you come into the presence of God and you live a repentant lifestyle, repentance is a gift. It's a gift. To keep you and I in a place of relationship, he says, and when you stay in the presence of God, recovery begins to take place. Regaining begins to take place. When you close your eyes and you listen from in here, you begin to see yourself the way that God sees you. You begin to think the way he designed you to think. You, When you open your mouth, it is as the oracles of God. You begin to create with the words that come out of your mouth because you've decided continual restoration is mine. And now you're decreeing continual restoration is mine. And God says it will be established for you. He says this comes from the presence of God and he says this must take place until I release Jesus upon the earth. Continual restoration must take place. But we've got to take ownership of it. Stay with me. We've got to take ownership of it. See, it's, it's not good enough that I just want to read Psalms 126 and we're going to be done here. I know that I've gone a little bit over, but you're okay, right? Psalms 126, this is so powerful. Psalms 126. Listen to this and Amplified. It says, when the Lord brought back the captives who returned to Zion. Zion is the dwelling place of God, the house of God. We were like those who dream and it seemed so unreal. Then were our mouths filled with laughter and our tongues with singing then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. 
Verse 4, turn to freedom our captivity and restore our fortunes, O Lord, as the streams in the south, the Negev, are restored by the torrents. Now I want you to picture what he's saying here. He says, when they brought back the captives who returned to Zion, we realize that every single one of us at some point in time, we were separated from God, correct? That when we come into the family of God, we were returned to the presence of God. And when we're not being too churchy, when we're not being religious, and we're truly in the presence of God, we begin to dream again. How long has it been since you've dreamed? How long has it been since you've let your mind go somewhere? How long have you taken off the limits? How long has it been since you've asked yourself, if money was not an option, what would I do? Where would I go? Who would I become? What would I accomplish? He says, when I realize I've been delivered from the power of darkness, brought into the kingdom of Jesus Christ, the real me starts waking up. The real me starts coming alive. My gifts start coming alive. My passion starts coming alive. My purpose starts coming alive. And I start seeing myself to the point, the way that God sees me and he says it's like a dream he says and then I just begin to laugh you know Psalms 2 says that God sits on his throne and he laughs you begin to laugh and he says my mouth is filled with singing and he goes on to say the Lord has done great things for them notice when you when you come into this place you start seeing God do things for other people and you say he's done great things for them but there's a shift verse 3 and then the Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. And he goes on and it says, that okay, there's a shift that no longer, okay, does God show up for Pastor Rick? And does God show up for, for, for Josh and for God? No, no, God shows up for me. He does great things for them, but God does great things for me. See, until I make a decision, if anybody's going to know God, it's going to be me. Until I make a decision, not an incision where, okay, I'm influenced by the outside. No, inside out. I don't care if anybody else is going after God, I'm going after God. I don't know if anybody else is going to get their healing, but I'm going to walk in divine health and healing. I don't know if anybody else is going to know the plan and purpose of God, but I'm going to experience the same God that showed up for David, he shows up for me. The same God that shows up for Noah, he shows up for me. The same God who showed up for Moses, he shows up for me. The same God that restored them, he restores me. Say it, continual restoration is mine. He says there's a shift. No longer is he just your God, he's my God. He does great things for them, but he does great things for me. For me. He does great things for me. He does great things for me. I was teaching uh, 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 on great is who God is, great things is what he does. And this lady comes up to me, and you could tell as she approached me, her head was kind of whomper-jawed, and it was kind of lopsided to one side. And She comes up to me, and she looks at me, and she says, I was in this car wreck, and I ran into this telephone pole, and the wood went through my skull, and the doctors won't operate because it's too close to my brain. And you've been saying that great is who God is and great things is what he does. Would you pray for me? I said, you better believe I'll pray for you. And as I laid my hands upon that lady's head, I could physically feel and see the wood dissipate underneath my hand. Her head went back to completely normal. When she went back to the doctors, they could find no trace of wood in her skull. See, that is the God that we serve. And he's saying continual restoration is my heart 
for you. And you. And he could go down the line. And I want you to picture the Holy Spirit standing right in front of you. And him say, when you truly come into relationship with me, after my wreck and I started going after God, I just started putting God first, putting God first, putting God first. I had a desire to become one of the top ropers in the world, and I've been able to, the Lord's helped me do that, and now travel all over, helping people learn how to, to rope and everything. But the reason I'm telling you this is because the real me started coming alive, and God started orchestrating things, and I moved out of the place where I lived. And a few months after I'd given my life to the Lord, after I'd started putting God first, I moved out of that environment. Josh, and the FBI comes in and they bust the people I live with with four and a half tons of drugs. Some of them have died in prison. Some of them are still in prison. But I'm telling you, when you go after God and you truly put God first, the real you will come alive. I can remember coming out of that trailer house that we lived in. And this just a desire. I had no idea I'd be doing what I'm doing today, but I had a desire to use my gifts for the glory of God. I had a desire to know the presence of God. It was just like Psalms 126. It was like a dream. See, the real you starts coming alive when you truly put Him first. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes? And Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you to show each and every one of us what continual restoration looks like spiritually, physically, financially, relationally, vocationally. Father, you've revealed to us that your heart is continual restoration. And I believe it's happening right here, right now. From this day forward, it doesn't stop frequently, frequently recurring, always happening. No interruptions. But listen to me, heads bowed, eyes closed. I want to ask you a very important question. If you were to die today, and you were to stand before Almighty God, can every person at the sound of my voice, with confidence, know that you're going to spend eternity with God? Can you, when you look in your heart, can you recall a moment when you called upon the name of Jesus? When you look into your heart, can you recall the moment, the time, the day, the place where you weren't playing, you weren't kidding, you made that decision? Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. And He came into your life. And from that day forward, you've known that if you were to die, you would spend eternity with God. But when you look into your heart, if you don't have that knowing, if you don't have that confidence, if you can't recall that time, would you make right now that time? Where you can always look back on today and say, that was the day that I made the decision to believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. And I declared with my mouth, Jesus, you are my Lord. If you want to settle where you're going to spend eternity, if you want to make that decision for the very first time, this is what I want us to do with heads bowed, eyes closed. I want us to pray a very simple prayer together, and I want us to do it out loud. The reason I have us do it together and out loud is because I want the people who are doing this for the first time, I want them confident in the prayer that they're praying. I want them to know that we're on their side. We're in this with them together. 
And another reason I do it out loud is because I want you familiar with the heartbeat of this prayer so you can pray with your friends and your family. So as we pray this prayer, I want you to believe these words in your heart and I want you to declare these words with your mouth like your eternal destiny depends upon it because it does. And according to God's word, right where you're sitting or standing, the life of God enters you. And you come into the family of God and from this day forward, he says, you will know that you have eternal life. Can we pray this prayer together, church? Can we say, Father God, today is the day that I make the decision to believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead to give me life. And right now, I accept that life. And I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart, to be my Lord, to be my Savior. And according to God's Word, I'm forgiven, I'm cleansed, I'm saved, and I can be certain that I'll spend eternity with Almighty God. Now, with every head bowed, every eye closed.